0: The Ghost Goal Podcast. Chelsea went to title challengers Manchester United and walked out 3-1 winners Sunday, keeping pace with Arsenal at the top of the table. Oh, never mind. Uh, yeah, actually, I thought I'd change things up just so we can cover the Women's Super League this week. okay with you javier (laughs) yeah
1: the women's super league Alex. yes
0: they're they're the only chelsea team i can rely on to show up anymore so uh that's okay with you if we just do women's super league this week
1: oh i was i was confused there for a second i'm sure everyone else (laughs) uh...
0: yeah no uh, of course not other than that london derby we've obviously got plenty of other thrilling games to recap like uh liverpool's 2-1 win at floundering tottenham Manchester City's late win against Fulham and Unai Emery's red-hot start at Aston Villa as they trounce Manchester United 3-1 at Villa Park. I'm Alex, here with Javier. Uh, no, we are not doing the Women's Super League as much as I uh, wish we could this week. Uh, that, that would be, I guess, for another podcast. Javier, I guess I don't really need to ask you how you're doing this week because I'm uh, I'm sure you're doing just dandy.
1: Of course, Alex. What a What a day. We're recording on Sunday night. What a great day of football for uh for Arsenal Football Club. First of all, I need to say, Alex, I need to you need to pay the piper right now because your arrogance. I was I called you out. I gave you a chance to redact the statement that you were going to score three goals on Arsenal. We've conceded eleven goals in thirteen games, and you were going to score three of them with that broken ass attack that you have. You had one shot on target the whole game. And that was the shot that Havertz had that went right at Ramsdale. And uh, you had five other off shots off target the whole game. You were out did absolutely nothing were you, oh, at home in front of your fans versus a, a team of youngsters, basically, and granted, Shotgun? I know that you didn't have your full first team. I know you didn't have Reese James. You didn't have Chilwell. You didn't have Fofana. You didn't have Koulibaly. Those are all those are all important players that are that we're missing.
0: I, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna but lean on Chelsea the fact Football that I made that Club. prediction. You had a ton I of I made that prediction last Monday when we record. We call the segment the way too early predictions for a reason. How was I supposed to know that Graham Potter was gonna start Havertz, Aubameyang, Mason, Raheem Sterling in a dead rubber midweek Champions League game? We had first place wrapped up. It was only for pride. Like, yeah, it would have been bad if we had lost to Brighton 4-1 on the weekend and then lost at home to Dinamo Zagreb with backup players, but I would take that over Graham Potter risking all of those same first-team players in a game that we didn't really need to win, getting Ben Shilwell injured in the process, playing him the full 90 minutes. It it was just a risk that Potter made that shows his naivety in this sort of level of coaching. He's not... other than when he coached Ostersunds, which is like a completely different schedule entirely when he coached in, in Sweden, where, you know, the season wasn't even at the same time. So he didn't even have to manage like Europa League football midweek and league football on the weekends. He just had to focus on league football during like the the summers and then Europa League during the winters. He's now having to deal with this whole like fighting on multiple fronts aspect of being like a top level manager. And you see there's growing pains with that. That plus the injuries you mentioned, uh, like the defense, like when I saw the the defensive line that was starting, I I mean, we knew Arsenal were going to score at least once because Thiago Silva was arguably the only player in that back line today. That would be starting if like the team was fully fully fit. Like Kepa, Potter has obviously shown that he prefers Kepa over Mendy. Koulibaly and Fafana would probably be starting in a back three with Silva. Chilwell at left wing back and Reese James at right wing back. The defense looked nothing like that today. And then we obviously had no control in midfield because we were starting Jorginho and Loftus-Cheek. And it's like another phase of the game where something we've known to be true like was just completely no reasserted today get near when we Martin don't have today. when we don't have one of Kante or Kovacic we need at least one of those two players to have like a chance at battling in midfield against the other top sides in the league and when we don't have one of those two players preferably we need both because we've had great performances with both Kante and Kovacic but we got Jorginho and Loftus-Cheek today and Neither of those players has like a great defensive engine and can you know cover for the deficiencies at the back. So you brought you I, brought anything, on a I bunch thought of on these the results. You brought on the, you know Kovacic, yeah we brought, Kovacic, you brought on, you brought we brought on Kovacic with twelve minutes know, you left. We brought on Kovacic with twelve minutes left. No time.
1: You brought on Pulisic. You brought on all your all your big money subs and and none of it did anything. To be honest,
0: no, with no time. I'm saying we need to have that those players starting from the beginning and there's reasons like Kovacic trying to like handle an injury. He's like playing with it, but like sometimes it flares up and is worse than than it, it was a couple days ago. So we can't start some games. It's it, it's just really disappointing. And frankly, like just purely on the results, like it could have been it could have been worse. It could, could have been, been two way or three worse, nil. Absolutely. But one nil isn't the worst. It was the performance that was actually the performance was like even more embarrassing than the goal we conceded. And the goal we conceded was really fucking embarrassing. Like for no no one out of Cucurella. Who's like just hugging Xhaka, not even trying to play the ball? Like clear ass Silva. That's a clear all, penalty. All of these players, <laughs> all of these players had like a clear chance to just clear it for another corner. Just get it out. And it missed all of them, and Gabriel just got on the end of it. It was a really embarrassing goal to concede. But the performance was so much more embarrassing. Like I don't remember a game
1: <sighs> since I started supporting Arsenal. We went to Stamford Bridge, and kept you guys to no chances.
0: Yeah, I mean, last year's game was like a an end to end thriller say, that I was like two two halftime remember
1: going and keeping a clean sheet at Stamford Bridge. Yeah.
0: the year like, before that, when you won one nil, the year that we won the yeah, Champions League, yeah, we did
1: beat you one 0 that year. Yeah, but it was you,
0: you beat us one nil there, no and chances. it was we we should we should have won like four right, one or five one. We game. had like all of the ball, yeah. all of the chances. We had the FA Cup on the weekend, like following the FA Cup final, which we lost to uh, Leicester. Um, that, like that game, was like just a, a pure like smash and grab, like or, or whatever the the term is for it, where you just defend the whole game. This was nothing like that. This was, you know, us not being able to. I mean, we
1: had we had out sixty percent guys... possession at the end of the first half. That's crazy. At yeah, Stanford and I, I was going to
0: say, I think. I think the stat that, like, sums up the game more was that you guys won the ball in our defensive third 16 times, which is the most you've won the ball that high up the field, like, in a single game this season. Like, our, our back line could not progress the ball. Our midfield could not get into little spaces and pockets of space to to build out from the back. Like, like we were able to do that in most games this season, but it's just like, just recently, again, I'm going to, you know, make the excuse of the injuries. Once Once you take players out, like... Like Rhys James is so important to us to building the ball out from the back,
1: not right, having but Alex, like Aspillaqueta right back. Thought, like we are, we are, we are nothing. The gap that there was a significant gap between Chelsea and Arsenal. That gap's not there anymore. Can you at least admit that? Like we're we're similar on we're like the the, the club. See, I think Arsenal's made enough of a jump now this season and proved. I, I think this the gap. Game. I
0: think the gap you've the gap you've mentioned. It's a gap that's not determined by any one season. It has it has to take multiple seasons of showing yourself playing at a certain but now high that's level. Three years
1: in a row like, that Arsenal win at Stamford Bridge.
0: Yeah, but that's let head to head stuff. That, that like that's one thing. Outside like, of spiking you guys, the Champions like, League, like Chelsea the been thing, Javier. We, we haven't beaten Manchester United. We haven't beaten Manchester United since 2017, and this has been like the like the worst five years of Manchester United we've seen for like. Uh, I, I don't know before like you and I were born, like before they became like the giant you know winning machine that they were. So I, like, I still don't think Manchester United are a better team than Chelsea. I don't think Manchester United have achieved as much as Chelsea over the last like five to ten year period. So when you talk about like the gap, I think of it in terms of like multiple seasons. like once you guys get into the Champions League, which I, I think you're very sure to do this season. Uh, So, yeah, I guess you can say the gap has closed because in past seasons, I never would have thought like Arsenal would have the quality and the consistency to get into those Champions League places. But they've I mean, if you find yourself at the end of the season still like in a Champions League like battle to like solidify that that Champions League place, that would be a disappointing season from where we are now. I think so.
1: Absolutely. (laughs) Like you guys should
0: be an easy. You guys should get it like easily. Absolutely.
1: If we finish anything below second I'd be pretty disappointed with the start that we have right now. I mean we should
0: Yeah and and because no one I mean this is a huge shout but like the only team that's shown they could be a threat to that or like maybe Newcastle and I that's just m- me saying that Newcastle have been the most consistent out of like like Tottenham have obviously fallen off massively, Chelsea, Manchester United have They've only conceded
1: 11 goals along with Arsenal. So they have they've been fantastic defensively um, and then recently the last couple of games scored four goals in both of those games so they're keeping clean sheets or conceding one one goal at most and then scoring lots of goals Elmar um, scored again yeah it's just uh yeah you're right Newcastle' looks great right now you know let's see if they can keep this up for a whole season
0: yeah I'm just using that as like a like to compare to like the rest of the, I mean, I guess Liverpool are getting back to their normal selves a bit more now. It, there's not many challengers like uh, other than Manchester City to pass Arsenal. So yeah, if you would finish any lower than second, that would be kind of a you know a little bit of a disappointment, I think. Um, I, I, I I mean, I, real quick on Arsenal, we can get. I mean, yeah, we I can. I just want to say, a, a I don't. I don't mean this. I, I don't mean this as an insult but i didn't think this is one of arsenal's best performances i thought we were just complete shit and you guys just kept plugging away and you got the goal i think like it was a good performance I mean, but i've seen way like, better op- from you guys off- this offensively, season offensively
1: we created a bunch of chances we pressed the shit out of you guys i mean there was a constant high press on your back line you guys were making mistakes every every couple of minutes chelsea were losing possession yeah in, my, in say, my
0: case is that that was that was our fault not you know but it was yours. the
1: pressure also the, the just we were winning every second ball i mean it was it, it, i've never seen arsenal dominate chelsea that much in a game especially away from home you know at home yeah. i have seen it but i
0: forgot you you only started being a fan in like 2007 2008 no 2005
1: alex but yeah
0: 2005 hmm i don't know about that yeah. all right well if you say so i saw the last I remember year i uh
1: I saw that was the first the, year the the burgundy shirt yeah, year. Yeah, that was the first year that I, that I was a fan. Was the last year at Highbury,
0: right? So yeah, you've only been a fan like during the period where Arsenal kept getting slapped up by Chelsea, pretty much. Yeah, like, up until that was that was at the, the last like four my, years. My,
1: yeah, exactly. Chelsea was in prime Mourinho God era at that point. You guys were already a year into the to Jose Mourinho, um, but yeah, no. Uh, it's been a long time since since Arsenal's been able to consistently, number one be able to beat other top six sides at home. You know, we've now beaten Tottenham, we've beaten Liverpool, which was a big big like weight off our back, a big duck that we hadn't been able to beat in a long time. And then just now, three years in a row, been able to beat Chelsea away from home it's it's this used to be the the gripe with arsenal right that we could always deal with these with the smaller clubs we could always get you know blow away blow away relegation teams or mid table teams but we wouldn't get the results against the big six sides so to start getting away wins you know all getting the home wins consistently it's it's a step in the right direction and i'm excited to see if we can keep it up you know but players like saliba i mean how good was saliba today he was. Yeah, he, he was, was unbelievable. I mean, in a huge game like this, I think this was one of his best games, if not his best game that he's played for us. Um, he was man of the match for me. Um, I thought the referee was just didn't have that great of a match, but both sides probably have gripes about him as well.
0: Um, I mean, fuck the referee. Yeah. <laughs> we don't need to talk about the referee. There was no decision that like impacted the game that heavily. Um, yeah, let's move on. Let's, yeah. yeah. Half the episode about Arsenal Chelsea is uh, about it was, as much it's time deserved. as I'll allow it's for the, that for that dog shit of a performance from us, uh, and it's not going to get any easier. We'll uh, I guess we'll mention the the last game before uh, you know we go away for the the World Cup break. Chelsea will be going to Newcastle United next uh, Saturday at twelve thirty p.m. We, we you know we gave a mention to Newcastle. You know they're playing excellently at the moment. They haven't lost at home this season. The injuries aren't getting any better for Chelsea and it's not like we can really rest players in midweek because we've got Manchester City away in the Carabao Cup so that's another one where it's like I, I, it's hard to make a prediction for the Newcastle game because I have no idea whether Potter's gonna you know play like a more of an academy influenced team like play like Armando Broya and Connor Gallagher in the midweek game and then play that same lineup at Newcastle next weekend it, it's hard to say that that's my guess Uh, but um, he he could end up playing like the first team again and just running them into the ground. I have no idea. So I think I'm going to say like 3-1 Newcastle United. I think it has like potential to be like pretty bad next weekend. I don't think we're fixing whatever these problems are before the World Cup break. We're desperate for that World Cup to come.
1: I kind of think it's going to be like you guys kind of give up the Care About Cup game. And then focus on this Newcastle game. And you're going to play something like Koulibaly, Thiago Silva, Kukureya in like a back three. And then have, you know, Chilwell's a short-term injury, right? Or is it long-term?
0: No, Chilwell's going to be out until like February. Oh,
1: Jesus. oh God. All right. Uh, yeah, maybe yeah, like Loftus Left back Sheik is all Kukureya. Yeah, I guess, I, I guess you guys have more center back depth than you do have left back depth right now. But
0: we have no centre back depth. We have Silva and Chalaba. That's it.
1: All right, so Chalaba. Everyone Hulubali, else is hurt. <laughs> Silva back three. Kukurea left wing back. Loftus cheek right wing Who back. Who
0: cares? The whole point of what I'm saying is it's way too volatile to like of a situation to predict what the team's gonna be Wednesday at but City. I think and it'll then then be nil, team's nil. gonna be Saturday I think at be Newcastle. Like nil, nil.
1: I'm gonna say a nil nil. No drop way. Newcastle
0: we're Houston. not keeping any. We're not keeping any clean sheets at the moment, especially at Newcastle. Who they scored three against Manchester City. City had to scrape to get a three three there. Yeah,
1: Newcastle are fearsome. You think it's
0: we're fearsome. gonna go up there and get a result like last it's, year? We needed two worldies from Rhys James to go up two nil, and then we got a penalty to win three nil, and that was before. Uh, Steve Bruce was fired and Eddie Howe came in. Like, we're we're, we're not winning up there this time. <laughs> it's it's going to be bad. I think 3-1 three, no, three, Newcastle, and it's all doom and gloom going into the World Cup break. But I'm not giving up yet. There's time. There's still time to turn things around. It's like two seasons, like we said. we got the January transfer window. Not giving up yet on uh, on top four, I don't think. Did you watch any of that uh, Tottenham Liverpool game earlier today? It was a pretty decent one.
1: Yeah, I watched some of that. That was a uh, I thought a, a pretty good performance from Liverpool. you know they, uh, they showed up for I, I thought I, I thought they were going to go there get a win and, and they they've been showing up for these big games. Uh, Mohamed Salah with two brilliant finishes. I thought for the first goal it was a, it was a really nice goal. you know nicely taken, nice buildup you know, good composure from Nunez to, to slip it into Salah and then a, just an amazing first touch into vol- like a half volley for Salah into the corner. Just amazing first goal. Um, and just really... Yeah, that,
0: that was like shades of the old Salah. Absolutely. Like he's, he's starting to Salah, get back right. to his, maybe not his best, but getting back to being good and again.
1: And you know, they they t- Liverpool dominated for the most part in possession, kept Tottenham back, didn't really give Tottenham many chances, um, I think. You know, Ivan Perisic was probably the most dangerous player for Tottenham consistently in this game,
0: until Kuleszewski came on. Uh, as soon as Kuleszewski came on, a minute later he played that little yeah big fuck up for little uh, slide uh, Dyer Dyer pass from an Allison
1: long ball um, that just like headed right back to Salah. Salah had you know just get got in one v one with the keeper and chipped it beautifully. Um, but yeah, once Kuleszewski came on, Tottenham looked like a much more dangerous team. And I think this team going forward with Kuleszewski is going to be. You know, just a, a, a strong contender for top four because he, he's the, the the player that seems to make, you know, players like Kane and Son tick. So just a little bit too early of a game this for him, you know, but if he had been fit and started in this, then I think Tottenham at least probably get a draw. So not, not the worst result for Tottenham. Great result for Liverpool. Um, I mean, obviously for Tottenham, they wanted at least like a draw in this. Sneaking a draw would have been great but they've been they've been getting a lot of those last minute winners um, and it finally caught up to them you know they played a quality opponent who who didn't let them get back into the game after going down two goals so
0: they were close though i, I don't think it's i don't think it's right to say that liverpool didn't allow like really any chances there, there there were some maybe not like direct shots on target but like some crosses that just weren't quite on point that someone could have headed in at the back post like, that, that's the main thing that Kulisevsky brings them now that he's back into the team. He's, I've said this before, but we haven't seen it for weeks, maybe even like two months because he's been out injured for so long. is the only one in on that Tottenham team that consistently plays like Kevin De Bruyne quality balls from, from wide areas, the kind of balls that we've seen Holland be, be able to get on the end of. Like, Kulisevsky didn't play something like that for Kane's goal today, but... That was a minute after he came on, so an instant impact. And then for the rest of the, the final 20 minutes of the game, pushing for the equalizer, Kulisevsky's the main one playing those balls from the right side, cutting into his left foot and, and driving a ball to the, the back left post. And it didn't end up in a, in a goal today, but it's uh, it, it's a good sign for them, like especially with like Son out injured now. I mean, he's only going to end up missing two league games. Uh, but if Kulicewski can just, you know, stay healthy th- uh, through this Leeds game next weekend and get into the the World Cup break healthy, he's not going to the World Cup because Sweden didn't qualify. He can just, you know, continue to work on his fitness and make sure that Tottenham have like a, a fast start to the second half of the season. Because uh, th- those kinds of players that aren't going to the World Cup, um, th- there's going to be no excuse for them if they like start badly when the season kicks off again on, on Boxing Day. So... Um, not the end of the world for Tottenham but I think this is like the like could be the start of like a maybe like a major uh, falling out between Conte and the and the Tottenham board because he's going to point to this run of games where they haven't been at their best and lost big games and he's going to tell them we we need top top players in January. You need to be willing to go out and spend yeah, the money to make to it happen. Yeah, they've
1: lost now Liverpool, Newcastle, Arsenal, who else?
0: Manchester United. United.
1: Yeah, they've lost all like a lot of games now early on in the season.
0: Yeah, and the one saving grace is that they managed to get out in uh, first place in their Champions League group, but they made that way more difficult than it needed to be. So, not not great by them. But are, are Liverpool back? Just a Liverpooler back performance, or no? Still need, still need to see I more. I mean,
1: I think they're gonna have to sort out the defensive problems. They they need to get back fit again. Um, I think they'll have a much stronger second half of the season and
0: uh good sign that konate is back konate was excellent today yeah and i and haven't seen him play U too player. much yeah, so far need, for the season they think to get a
1: consistent partner for van dyke down because it's it's always been you know it was a long time Matip, when when the matep was playing with him consistently it was it was really really strong but they've been having a revolving door of fitness issues so if they can nail down some of those fitness issues they need to find more cover from midfield as well cuz Oxla Chamberlain's not good enough shakiri's out of the team you know, I know they have Elliott coming on and Carvalho, but I think they need a, a one experienced player, someone like Yuri Thielman, something like that, to 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 plug into that midfield and and get get more output from the team and you know to start more of these games because they they there's a lot of there's definitely a quali- midfield gap when Thiago's not in the side, you know so. They need Thiago and they need a defensive midfielder and then probably like a box-to-box presence.
0: Right. And they don't have – I've said this before about Liverpool, but I, I still think it's like a major point on them. They still don't have a midfielder in that team who is like smack dab in the middle of their prime, like prime of their uh, their fitness and prime of their you know experience, like mid to late 20s. They have a couple of young, upcoming, exciting players like Elliott and Carvalho. And then some players who yeah, now just prime, seem kind like passed it a little right bit. Now. Yeah, I guess. But you'd think like you Fabinho guess? would be in the middle of his prime. You your team off the pitch, Alex. I just said have respect. I'm just saying I'm focusing on Liverpool. I've had enough of the Chelsea Arsenal stuff. <laughs> Seventeen minutes or fifteen minutes was I enough have to for give me. You, more. you uh, deserve it. You'd think Fabinho would be like that player, but the performances just haven't been the same. So. They're on their way back, Liverpool. I, I think they're on their way back. They just need
1: Darwin Nunez looked pretty good too. I like the I like the front three of uh, Nunez, Firmino, Salah. Um, you know, there, there's a lot to work with that, and Firmino can drop deep and kind of play balls into both Sala and Nunez, who are making runs off the shoulders of the defenders um and it it's a pretty physical front 3 nuñez sala Firmino. and then
0: jota and luis diaz should be back yeah, after i mean the World those cup, are more flair so players that'll be a boost. and
1: i don't know how well like i think those players work well with nuñez but not, you know Firmino and sala kind of they like playing one more one touch stuff i guess jota does too but yeah no once they get liverpool need to get more fit and then i think they'll have uh, they'll have a much stronger second half of the season it's good that they were they've been able to get some wins like the city won, like this one.
0: It's it's good that they finally were able to manage to win a game away from home before the uh, the mid season break. You know that was uh, I think that was their last chance to get an away win in the league, and they 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 pulled it off before the uh, World Cup break. Uh, let's move on to Unai Emery's first game in charge of Aston Villa. Good evening. Yeah, good I am evening back. indeed. Good evening, I'm back jumped, in uh, the Premier League. They jumped out to a early two nil lead against Manchester United. Uh, before conceding an own goal just before halftime and uh, then going back up by two early in the second half to win 3-1. Uh, great start to uh, Unai Emery's God, these time at Aston have, these Villa. These players
1: must have hated Steven Gerrard because...
0: They really did. They've
1: been great since Gerrard's been gone. They've been electric at home.
0: I mean, they they lost 4-0 away at Newcastle. They won 4-0 in the the other game at home. Newcastle are really
1: good right now and are on form. You know, they're probably the the third best team in the league, like you said, right now. And Aston Villa, I mean, they kept Manchester United to basically nothing. I know Manchester United, they have some fitness issues. You know, they've had a few center backs out, um, midfield issues, wingers not being fit. I mean, just the the whole the whole sum of things right now for Manchester United but this was a game cristiano ronaldo captains didn't really do that much up top um i thought that got, that carnalho looks pretty decent you know he looked he looked like a a bright spark for united and someone who's going to be a a really good good for them in the future but i don't know if this was the type of I game agree where he those, been like, i agree with those but
0: like yeah, why and also it puts Rashford over on the right which has been proven time and time again he's absolutely useless on the right wing. Like he's good as a winger if you can play him out on the left and he can drift into those central but, positions. But
1: I got to I got to give praise to Unai because I think this is the spot on the best lineup that Aston Villa can play. Um which is basically you play a, it's a super dynamic front 3 with Watkins, Buendia...
0: And Leon Bailey. Leon Bailey scored the first uh, goal. Yeah, Watkins, the went goal. and
1: Bailey. Um, and, you know, there's a lot of speed there. There's They can play a lot of one twos. And then they, they they don't play John McGinn. That's the key to everything, by the way. But you play Douglas Suez. You have Dead End dunkers, so You have a, a big aerial presence. And he's, he's really good on the ball. Um, and Jacob Ramsey's so your box to box midfielder. Um, but you know, Benteke can kind of drop in as a winger, but doesn't have to really do the defensive work that in midfield. He has a l- three hard, hardworking midfielders behind him, box to box players, um, and then you know a, a back four. Sadly, I think Mings is in their best back four. Um, but the uh, you know pl- the, the 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 Cash Digne wingbacks being back healthy is is huge for them as well. So Konza Mings. Yeah, I mean, just Unai got the, the starting lineup perfectly correct here, and uh, they, they played so well. I mean, Manchester United's goal came from super pox, just a massive deflection that uh, Martinez couldn't do anything about. Um, but Aston Villa came out in the second half and scored five minutes into the, into the second half and just put the game back to bed. And uh, Manchester United had a couple half chances after that in the second half when they brought players back on. But uh, players like Martial and stuff, but it, it was too little too late for them. And yeah, great, great win for Villa. and makes you think, you know, they're not going to be in any relegation trouble, I don't think. Um, I think there's too much quality in this side.
0: It's hard to say. You know, you'd, you'd think, I mean, after they did so much transfer business last summer, you'd think that one of the guarantees for Emery like coming into this team, and it's, it's kind of a drop off in terms of like the league position of the team. You went from Villarreal competing in the Champions League last season and winning the Europa League the season before that, all of a sudden to a team in Villa. Well, Villa they have a lot more money. You know, th- they're in the Premier League. They do have a lot more money. I'm not saying they don't Europe. have more money. I'm I'm saying that like one of the guarantees that I'm sure Emery would have asked for when he, making like downgrade seems like a, a harsh term, but it's a, it's a step down from like what is expected at Villarreal, kind of. He would have asked that, like there, there is transfer funds available in January for him to, frankly, like get another center back because they signed Diego Carlos and he got injured for the season in like the first or second game. So uh, they were planning on him being more of a a part of their defense. Kamara from uh, Marseille that they signed didn't have a great start to the season and is now injured he's going to ask for you know more more funds to improve this defense because most villa managers recently including Gerard have come in and had a good start like this maybe not as explosive as this but they've had good like first couple of weeks on the job where it starts to go wrong though is where a player like Dinier gets an injury and all of a sudden there you know there's a big drop off at left back or like Matt, Matty Cash gets injured, and there's a big drop off at of right back, and all of a sudden they're not getting the width that they they used to. That's where it starts to go wrong for most Villa managers. So, we'll see how much money uh, Emery gets to maybe upgrade on those positions or get or get players that can rotate in a little bit more. Uh, but yeah, it's definitely a good first start. It just kind of seemed like the Aston Villa version of what he did at Villarreal, where he plays player or or played players like. Etienne Capoue and Francis Coquelin and Danny Perejo in midfield, like hardworking players, like you said, but, you know, their equivalents are Dendonker, Louise, and Jacob Ramsey. Yeah, impressive. Uh, are you worried about Manchester United, or do you think they're just waiting for the, the mid-season break like Chelsea are?
1: No, I, I think there should be more time with Ten Hag, just like Chelsea need more time with Potter. I think it'll be, you know, there's, there's enough signs there. There's enough positive signs when they've had... Uh, I think that this this wasn't the right starting lineup. Ten Hag got it wrong here, but he, there's, he's going to have days like this where he gets the lineup wrong and uh, his moves don't work out. So I wouldn't be too worried if I was Manchester United here.
0: Okay, so uh, moving on, let's just hit on a couple games before we wrap up. Uh, I, I'm just going to roll through these, Javier. I mean, we can talk about Manchester City, Fulham. City got a, a late... 2-1 win over Fulham I with a say, Fulham, you had one very job. dumb penalty. They had a
1: shitload of <laughs> chances, fucked them all up. Then they give a 95th minute penalty. You had one job. Come on, let Arsenal Shout be out the fairytale this season.
0: U.S. men's national team <sighs> left back, just, oh, you know, left a God. foot out there and clipped De Bruyne.
1: Fulham, you had one job. One job.
0: And uh, Erling Haaland uh, had been brought on uh, with about, I think, 30 minutes left, and he scored that, uh, that winner. From the penalty spot, there was a Joao Cancelo red card in the 26th minute that uh, he, he gave away a penalty at the same time that uh, made it 1-1. Is this uh, performance an indictment on Manchester City or do you think it's more of, you know, a sign that no, Fulham really have made a big with step?
1: 10 men, Alex, Move on. Really? Yeah, they okay. they should just have they should have be red carded. I don't know,
0: I am just trying to give I'm trying to give Fulham some credit. here. No, I thought should, Fulham no, were like pretty good. They should
1: have been red carded every game and uh, they should just start the game with uh, <laughs> with one less man All and right. that would be fair because okay. they're still at 70% possession against Fulham. Fulham are All pretty right. good on the ball. Javier, That's crazy. Javier
0: literally just Except, except your... I've accepted it. I've
1: accepted it. We're not winning the league. You're in the Europa League. League.
0: Manchester City are in the Champions League. League. For the rest of the season, it's going to be Manchester City going first and then on a Saturday. And then you guys having to play Sunday and seeing if you can go back top. Now, how many times do you think Manchester City are going to go top and you guys are going to answer their results, like, with three points itself, like... It's fucking nerve-wracking to be in that position where every single weekend you're like, oh shit, City went top again and we have to win to go back top. I just think like maybe not this season. Uh, You guys, I think you guys could do it in future seasons. I think you've been been good enough to show that, but I still just think City are too good at this. They're just going to pull these results out because they just have, you know, too many weapons and they they never give up. What were you about to say about the Liverpool fans?
1: No, just that, uh, you know they've they've gone through this now for three years with their you know probably their best team in the Premier League era, and they've got one title out of it, and they had to fight to the skin of their you know fight to the end uh, to to get the title. So you know for 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 the, they've had needed you know huge tallies points tallies in all these seasons and should have won three titles, but they they've only won one. So yeah, this is uh, this is what we're dealing with now too. It's not fun. It's not fun, Alex.
0: Yeah, it's uh, not good for the old heart rate. Uh, let's move on. Uh, probably the game of the weekend: Leeds United four, Bournemouth three. Leeds were down three one at one point uh, and made uh, scored three goals in the final thirty minutes to come back and win at home. Uh, the The, the game winning goal was like a great move by uh, Wilfried and Gunanto. The uh, young Italian winger that Leeds bought made a great run all the way from basically his own box uh, on the counter attack to slip through Crescencio Somerville, who scored the winner with six minutes left, and, and the place went fucking mental. Why won't Leeds die, Javier? Why won't they die? Can you tell me?
1: I don't know, Alex. But uh, that's the can that's one a good, good second, thing second happen game to game Chelsea this uh, season? Uh, that those two uh, combined back to back. You know, Leeds have some uh, some exciting young talent. Sam Greenwood, you know Rodrigo seems back. And Bournemouth, Bournemouth as well, scoring goals, being able to go up 2-0 and 3-1. You know, I know that they threw the game the way, uh, game away in the end, but still decent on them to be able to go to Leeds and put up, put on that much pressure on Leeds and make Leeds have to put on a performance like this to to get a win. So, yeah, great game, great Premier League game. There's a lot of goals this weekend.
0: A lot of goals during that uh, 10 a.m. time slot because uh, that was, you know, Manchester, or 11 a.m., I guess it was uh, on Saturday that those games were going on. That was when Manchester City and Fulham were playing. That Leeds Bournemouth game had seven goals. Uh, Brighton beat Wolves 3 2 at Molyneux, so five goals in that one. Nottingham Forest and Brentford had a 2 2 draw also during that 11 a.m. time slot. So goals galore on Saturday in the, uh, you know, the mid afternoon kickoff time slot. Uh, but later on on Saturday, Leicester went to Everton, uh, beat them 2 0. A goal of the month uh, contender from Yuri Tielemans, maybe even goal of the season. A really great uh, like, half volume. Uh, Almiron's been doing uh, those every,
1: every, every game, Alex. What <laughs> True. About?
0: True. Uh, speaking of Almiron, uh, Newcastle continued their good run with a 4 1 win against uh, Southampton away. Almiron got the uh, opener in that. And we've actually christened him, we've given him a, a new nickname. He is Almiradonna.
1: Almiradonna, yes.
0: Al Maradona. Yeah, he's, he's that good. I think he's got seven goals now this season. Jack Grealish, eat your heart out. He, uh, he, he spoke ill on Almiron, and uh, Almiron's been balling out ever since. So, good for him. And then finally, uh, West Ham took a 1-0 lead on Crystal Palace at home, but then uh, conceded twice, including a 94th-minute winner from Mikel uh, to give Crystal Palace the 2-1 win earlier on Sunday. Are there any games next week you want to mention, like, to preview? We already previewed that uh, I mean, Newcastle-Chelsea uh, game. Molyneux, that should be, hopefully, a pretty That's easy going to be an win. easy win for you. Yeah. Spurs-Leeds kind of stands out. You know, Leeds getting you know, the, the late yeah. winner against Liverpool. They're, they're going to be confident that they can go anywhere and get a result, and then Tottenham are kind of reeling. So that might be an interesting one. Um, other than that, though, there aren't any... Oh, Fulham-Manchester United. Fulham now, I think... They've proven themselves that they're, they're... I mean, even though they're a newly promoted team, they're going to be a tough out for pretty much anyone they play yeah, this they're, season. They're hard
1: to play at Craven Cottage. They're definitely not going to be in relegation form. So, um, yeah, that's going to be a Do you funnel. think they can
0: beat... If Mitrovic is they back can beat for, Manchester sure, United?
1: absolutely. If Mitrovic is back, they can definitely beat Manchester United.
0: All right, well, that's about enough on the uh, Premier League from us this weekend. Uh, if you haven't heard already from uh, last weekend's pod, we are going to be doing... World Cup previews starting this week. Uh, I think Javier, you and I are linking up on Tuesday. We're going to do our preview pod for uh, Group A and B. Group A has Qatar, Ecuador, Holland, and Senegal, and Group B has England, USA, Iran, and Wales. So it's going to be an interesting one for sure. It's going to be hard to pack that into one 40 to 50 minute pod, but we'll uh, do our best keep an eye out for that later on uh, Tuesday afternoon. And then uh, Friday afternoon slash evening, you'll hear our second of four World Cup group preview pods, Group C and D. We'll be recording then. So, Javier, thanks for jumping on this one. If you want to follow Javier on Twitter, you can follow him at JavierRev9. You can follow me at ASMoss92 on Twitter and Instagram. And you can follow the podcast socials at GhostGoalPod. If you're listening on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, please drop a rating or a review. Uh, new ratings and reviews help new listeners to find the pod, and we'd really appreciate it if you guys could help us grow this thing. Enjoy the Premier League games next weekend, and until next time, see you.